Hello and welcome to episode 246, I had to think about that, I forgot what number it was, of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. I'm Kevin. And uh, we've got news, a good amount of it too. A lot of it centers around the continuing anniversaries of Mario with his 35th and the start of Pokemons with his 25th, uh, but it all feels quite familiar. I mean, Nintendo's outlining a lot of new stuff they're doing, but kind of things were seen before, or new riffs on things we've seen before even monster rise which doesn't have a um anniversary is kind of a thing we've seen before so we're calling this episode here we go again angels uh great mario referencing title yeah, uh and we're gonna be discussing all that it sure was you were not surprised when i pointed out that's mario's catchphrase not at all uh but but yeah we're uh we'll be discussing all that we'll be talking about some other nintendo news like how they acquired next level games and some of our favorite next level game games uh so yeah there's timestamps on the blog post if you're at ramtown.com there's timestamps under youtube video if you're on that video platform but um yeah i guess we just jump right in i mean how, how's everyone doing how's, how's your gaming lives going i've got a i've got a bone to pick with the joy con so so mm. as, as everybody knows uh one of my favorite games of all time is hades released last year those super giant games and they and they finally released the cross save patch, so I was very excited to play it on the Switch on um, in handheld mode in my bed, nice and comfy, a run or two right before I go to bed. And uh, the Joy-Con are just terrible. the The ergonomics of the Joy-Con, especially in handheld mode, is just awful. Um, and then it, I got it got me thinking. I just have always hated how Nintendo uh, handhelds have felt in my hand. The the DS painful. It I, I think it might be just the way that I'm holding it wrong, but I can't even enjoy Hades on on Switch. It's it's terrible. I've I thought about buying so, that like Hori uh that Hori grip where it's just like two mm, huge yeah. Joy-Con that you attach to the side of the uh to the to the sides of the switch itself, but man, they they need to do something with the pro where they they change some of the ergonomics on that thing because it it sucks for my palms. I I will say the th- Nintendo handheld that always was the worst for me weirdly was the 3ds. I think the XL primarily where I noticed if I was playing it for a while, my hand would actually fall asleep. Yep. Even though I was actively using it to like play the game, um, I think on the Switch at least for me. I don't mind the Joy-Cons when they're slotted onto the system in normal handheld mode, but it is – and it is a known compromise from the start, and it's obviously been the case all along. But when you use the Joy-Cons individually, like for something like Super Mario Party, like last episode I was saying how like I played it on New Year's Eve again. And like using <laughs> using the like tiny little sideways Joy-Cons and like neither one has optimal stick or like stick placement, like one's – close to optimal the other's like halfway in the controller like i understand why it's like that so they can slot on and off and you know you can do co-op at any time and like i get all that but uh yeah they're not ideal at all and it is the more i think about it over the years weird that there's no d-pad joy con like you can't just slot in a d-pad for 2d games and of course they, like, they just force you to use the stick and of course they've made shells where you know you could swap out those those little buttons for a d-pad but Nobody's got time for that. Come on, we just just make <laughs> not it not official. That, but they're not official. Yeah, really. just make it official. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And and all the, the customer official, they don't have the good D-pad because Nintendo literally has a patent on that exact D-pad design, which is why if you look at Xbox or PlayStation, you know, PlayStation 4 buttons that kind of come together. Xbox is like a little circular pad thing that wiggle. Like, no one does a true cross D-pad because Nintendo owns that thing. I do, I do like they won't PlayStation do D-pads way better than Nintendo D-pads, I must admit. but Really? Yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. I really like Nintendo's D-pads. I mean, Nintendo's D-pads have a range. Like, there's some that are squishier, there's some that are harder and more solid, but, like, for the most part, like, the DS D-pad I thought was good. Um, I think on the Pro Controller, the D-pad's pretty good, now that I finally own a Pro Controller. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird that Nintendo never made a D-pad Joy-Con, given how many 2D games are on Switch, including their own. I mean, like, it's technically 2D in a way. New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, like, that thing feels like it should be made for a D-pad. And yet, all you have is a stick. Please. Or like Tetris 99, you have to use the face buttons. You can't use the stick. And there's no D-pad. It's just, yeah. So I'm guessing you don't have a Pro Controller, Kevin? I do, but I'm not going to have a Pro Controller oh, for laying in bed. Yeah, in handheld mode, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess... Damn, do I ever even play in handheld mode? I don't... Even when I do, um, when I do take my, 3D, my 3DS... My switch with me another places. I you I would just use it in stand mode, and I just use my pro controller anyway. I don't think I ever really play it in bed, and I guess if I do, it's usually something that doesn't need the, you know, the thumbstick. I mean the D pad. For the most part, right. I could just get along with the joystick anyway. But yeah, I think I, I, I it, it's hard for me to even recall like how often I use the, the actual Joy Cons, be it like attached to the switch or not, just because of how dependent I am on the pro controller, I guess. And I but don't don't get me wrong. I don't yeah. I don't really have an issue with the D pad or the whatever you call that thing, the four buttons, <laughs> um, the 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 face the face buttons. buttons yes. Yeah, the the directional face buttons. It's more just the ergonomics of the Joy-Con, especially in hand. Oh, yeah, it's mode. definitely not ergonomic. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the first yeah, time you play it, it by itself, it's always yeah. slightly awkward. Like I, even four years later, I guess we're approaching on four years, like. Every time I always grab the switch, like there's always like those initial like four to five seconds where it just feels weird, but then you just kind of get used to it again. Yeah, and me, then after like, I feel like after like a couple of Hades runs, it's just digging <laughs> into the palm of your hand. It sucks. It's so painful. They, yeah, they they could have made them. I don't know, like Nintendo, like I their mean, handhelds almost feel like they go like from ergonomic to not ergonomic to ergonomic. To, like I remember, um, like the Game Boy Color was kind of like. I thought that was kind of comfy to hold. It had that little bump yeah, on the it bottom. Was it was a little curvy. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Game Boy Advance, which was pretty, I would say, nice and ergonomic. It kept your hands spread out. The, the shoulder buttons were nice and thick. And then you get the SP, which I honestly never really found it very comfortable to hold. It was just no, very tiny. The buttons were short. It was a better system. I mean, it had the bigger screen, the light up. But yes, comfort-wise, no. And then the DS, I mean, it was nice and bulky, so it was nice and ergonomic. But then... You the know, DS Lite. The DS Lite, yeah, was kind of going back to that. And it kind of just never recovered. Like, yep. the 3DS, I felt, was probably, like, never really a great system, comfort-wise. You just kind I, of deal with those it. Those big I would literally shoulder play, buttons they added with the XL, though. Was I, w- I would literally not 3DS. play my 3DS. I would not play Smash Bros. because it would hurt after a while. <laughs> we just have to fight through the pain where I'm like, I want to yeah. play Smash Brothers. I guess I'm just going to suffer. Yeah, I want to play Hades, but I'm just going to have to suffer. 
and it just doesn't feel good like you know doing smash attacks with that like circle pad like it's just not a good no that was the worst like yeah, i feel like no. i'm gonna break it and i think be- yeah because of um smash brothers actually and i think monster hunter um the circle pad on my original 3ds um like the top part fell off so it's just kind of like a nub like a plastic nub but you know it is what it is well, I mean, I feel I mean, like Nintendo... I've had a new 3DS and a 3DS XL, so... That XL I was a like, little better, like... but... Yeah. The the circle pad to me was the definition... Was, like, the like textbook example of Nintendo making a concession to say they had a feature. Like, the circle pad was not a good stick. It, I mean, yeah, okay, it lets you close the system still, but, like, it broke off. It felt weird like it was you know they eventually i think them moving to switch and being like you know what like even the nub they had we just gotta accept you're not gonna have a clamshell we're just gotta have these tiny sticks instead like those at least felt a little more normal than like yeah and then they had the nub you're right on the um the second nub on the new 3d like the thinkpad track nub was like somehow now a game input meth like mechanism which was weird too like they they definitely yeah i don't know they they I, I feel like their control inputs have been weirder than their ergonomics. That definitely made the system very comfy to use, the Circle Pad Pro, and I think it gave you like bigger shoulder buttons and a second analog yeah. stick. But you know, who's gonna like triple the size of their 3ds willingly? And and frank and, and frankly, that's them conceding to the fact that they know the Circle Pad and the nub and all that weren't the answer. They were just what they can make work, which are different. I mean, clearly they were enough of an answer. Sixty some odd million of those 3ds's were sold, but. uh you know, like they, they, that's them admitting, yeah, it's not great. And I think, I think I was blinded with the Switch initially because it did feel, I don't know, it did feel good. But then over time, yeah, like popping off the Joy Cons is weird or like digging into, digging into Palm. And again, Nintendo made a concession because they give you the bumpers or the sliders or whatever those little things you could slot on with the wrist strap, which make the Joy Cons when held individually feel a little more like a normal controller. Like they know the the shoulder buttons are so bad, those little tic tacs. They made a whole second thing you carry around separately, slide on, and then it has normal shoulder buttons. Like they're aware. I just don't know if they're gonna act on it because I think they weighed you know the pros and cons and decided this was the route. Yep. But yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like that's what instead of what we're playing, it's how we're playing. Because I don't think like normally we'd be talking about what games we're playing, but you know, start of the year. Not a whole lot of stuff out of that's new. Like, if you is there anything you guys are playing right now, or should we just go straight to news? Hades when I'm not in pain, but I've I've talked everybody's year off about Hades already. Play <laughs> Hades. Yeah, just um, all right. Just Smash Brothers. I mean, I started picking up um, Dragon Quest XI again just to you know beat it and get it off that backlog, but nothing new. Just um, you know. It's the same old stuff for now. It is. It is kind of. It's almost like here we go again, back into games. I am very much looking forward to Monster Hunter Rise. I mean, next month, two months from now, will be great. Well, yeah. So, so that was one of the big news stories that happened um, the last couple weeks. They actually talked Capcom about Monster Hunter Rise. It sounds like fans are like, I don't know much about Monster Hunter. Like, is it? Does it seem promising? Like, what did they even announce? I mean, people seem very excited about it. I mean, I guess I'm very excited about it. So, I guess that definitely says something about the quality of what's being shown. Um, it's always an interesting situation with Monster Hunter because, I mean, we just came off of World, which, you know, was on a much powerful console than the Switch. And it just looks amazing. And then you kind of go to this one, which clearly looks like a big downgrade graphics-wise. But gameplay-wise, it 
Like it doesn't sacrifice anything. It has every new mechanic introduced in world and then some. And it's not like they just added a few flourishes here or there for like quality of life. They like completely revamped the mobility and how you interact with monsters, which is just looks amazing. I mean, for the most part, um, like we'll start with like the the wyvern writing they introduced. Like at most, you would be able to add occasion when you're damaging a monster, jump on their back and just do deal some more damage while the monster tries to get you off of it. So it becomes kind of like a like a mechanical bull mini game and that was the extent of it and if you succeed then the monster like falls down and it's kind of like paralyzed for a little while where you could like deal some more damage now they turned it into a full-on i guess like game mechanic where you can ride the monster after some damage and or i guess like the setup is complete and once you're riding it you pretty much have full control of the monster as if the monster is a playable character which is a pretty big deal because it looks like you could do it to pretty much any monster like, first they showed it off with some smaller ones that you're like, oh, okay, of course they're going to let you ride the, I guess what I'd call, like, mini bosses. But then they showed you riding one of the bigger ones, and then they even showed you riding the Rathalos, which is, like, the flagship monster of Monster Hunter, I would say, in general. Right. And while I doubt they're going to let you ride the colossal-sized ones, um, just the fact that you have such a wide range of monsters you could ride, like, from a bunch of classic ones to a bunch of new ones, and... I mean, you get a lot of control with them. Like, it's it's really cool. And not to mention the fact that, like, on top of getting a bunch of attacks with them, um, if you're... Something they've introduced in, like, Monster Hunter 3, and they've kind of evolved throughout the Monster Hunter games is, I guess, what they call Turf Wars. Um, essentially, monsters will occasionally show up, and they'll start fighting each other while you're fighting them. Or, you know, sometimes they'll, like, double-team you, but... Essentially, if you take control of one, you could use it to fight the other one. Or if you're not fighting another one, you could just continuously ram them into a wall to deal more damage to them. But something else that they didn't have to do is over time, if you keep, you know, keep riding the monster and you keep dealing damage with them, they actually have their own, like, super meter that when you build up, you could unleash, like, a super attack with the monster. So, I don't know. It's... Just seems like something that's just really fun. I mean, a lot of these mechanics just look like they just make the game more fun. Um, and then the other one is essentially the wire bug mobility. Like they've already shown this off, like in the trailers, how oh, um, you start with like one wire bug, you collect up to four, I believe, as you travel through the world, and you could essentially you become Spider-Man. That's like the easiest way to describe it: Spider-Man without needing to cling onto any building. So. Because these are insects, you could just, like, flying insects. You could essentially zip straight up above you, then zip straight up above you again, into the side, in literally any direction you want. You could stay in the air, you can zip through a monster, you can use it to recover if you get hit. You could use, like, new combination attacks with the zip wires to with your weapons. And because of that, they've had to make the worlds a lot more accessible. It's like they took a page from Breath of the Wild and just pretty much made like oh if you see it you can climb on top of it not so much like right if you see something in the distance you can get there it's more so like you can pretty much traverse over anything and they were showing how mm-hmm. like even if you're at the very top of a mountain you can just using your wire bugs you can literally like slowly ascend down all the way to the floor without taking any damage just because they're that versatile it's almost they almost seem kind of broken in the sense that they seem overpowered but which I guess is what broken means, but I don't know. It seems like they 
would rather have it be a mechanic that's really fun to use and abuse than something that's like, oh, okay, I have to be really careful with how I use my warrior bugs. Like, no, they're like, nope, just use them however you want. Just make the game as as fun and free. And, you know, that's not even, like, counting the, the writable dogs that you have in this game, the palamutes, as they call them. I mean, outside of just making running through an area, finding a monster much easier because, you know, they're much, much faster. Like, it just seems really fun just to ride around with them. They could jump really high. They could climb up. I mean, they'll even fight alongside you, kind of like the cats. And just seeing, like, a Mm -hmm. group of hunters all riding their palamutes together just looks great. Not to mention if you get the pre-order bonuses, you could turn them into a golden retriever. And I'm sure they're going to be many more costumes down the line. Like, I wouldn't be surprised we get... If we get an Amaterasu costume, which... That's I mean, about a guess yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, how could they not do that one? I mean, it, I'd be shocked. Yeah, it's in-house. They don't even have to license with anyone. It's <laughs> exactly, them. yeah. So it's them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so essentially, it's just shaping up to be a really fun game. And I can't wait to see how, like, they just keep pushing it. And we know, like, Monster Hunter just keeps adding on top of it. It doesn't really necessarily take away except for the underwater combat that's like the only instance i could see of them taking away so when we eventually get you know like a monster hunter world 2 on like ps5 and xbox series x or whatever um you know we're just gonna take all this that we have here and then we're just gonna go into the next one with a bunch of new stuff and you know that's not even to mention like the newer monsters which you know they're all they seem to be based off of like japanese folklore you have like a tengu reminiscent looking monster you have these are the ones that don't seem as grand as the other ones in world, but they definitely have, I don't know, creepier, uh, I guess it's more like mythical monster designs. Like, and they're, I don't know, they just seem interesting. Like one that just kind of freezes its arm and turns it into a blade and just starts like slashing at you. Or I guess the title monster, the one on the cover just looks like, just really looks like a big buff demon. Like, I don't know. In, in action, it looks pretty cool, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much looking forward to this game. I fortunately missed out on playing Monster Hunter World. Not that I didn't buy it. I actually bought it on day one. I even got the steelbook and everything, paid full price for it, and just never got around to it. And eventually it was like 20 bucks less, could have waited, and just still never got to it. I'll still want to play it one day, but at this point, you, we could play it's kind it of like PC. an RPG. No, yeah, that's what, like, if I do play it, um, I'm definitely just going to play it on PC. Like, I might as well just, like, bump it all the way up. And I can still use a DualShock 4 while I'm at it. But, um, yeah, for Monster Hunters, I feel it's a lot easier to get into if you hit the ground running from the beginning. Especially because I normally played this game with my brother. But it kind of makes it harder when he already beat the game and I hadn't even started. So this way, you know, we could both be... At the same time, even though he was willing to play with me, it's not as motivating when someone is like super OP and you're the the underdog. Like, you know, it's more fun when you're both struggling together instead of just being carried. But yeah. And you just single handedly described why I never beat my games. (laughs) I'm always the underdog. I mean, I like being the underdog, but I like being the underdog with someone else. I don't want to just be the underdog. Yeah. Yeah. But Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I know, I was just riffing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it did, like, the buzz around it seems super positive. So, and it is, like, yeah. like if you think about it, Nintendo actually has, like, a pretty good slate of games coming up. I mean, there's Monster Hunter at the end of March. There's Bravely Default at the end of February. There's Mario 3D World and Bowser Fury at the start of February. 
or middle of February. There's Pokemon Snap in April. Like that's like four months of pretty high profile releases. Yeah. And Monster Hunter, I never thought I'd say it, might be one of the most high profile of the bunch. Definitely is. Like it's huge. The only now. concern people yeah. have is just like, the power. People keep saying like, oh, like the game looks great, but some of the footage, like you could tell, it's like kind of chugging a little at some instances. Like where's that? You know, the Switch Pro people were talking about because we got a new Nintendo 3DS when Monster Hunter 4 came out, like perfectly timed to compensate for the power. But right, right, yeah, pretty much. It. Yeah, but it should be. It should be. Uh, it really actually Monster Hunter kind of kicked off all the news too because I think it was the first one that announced its new details, and then from there Nintendo's like, all right, we got this, and started announcing their stuff too. Um. So unless you had any other thoughts on Monster Hunter, we might as well just move on to the thing that Nintendo first announced itself, which was Mario 3D World and Bowser, or plus Bowser's Fury. Um, we don't know why he's furious, but we at least can now see how he's furious and what that fury looks like, which is very then large, like Monster Hunter monster large. That he's just mad what? about, you know, the ending of the first one. You know, his plan failed like oh so mad need a vacation well i mean that's every game he could be mad about any ending from any game of it that he's in but um, but yeah yeah maybe okay but 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 here's the thing you can play bowser's fury from the start you don't need to wait to beat 3d world then it's a prequel so i mean yeah then you're just gonna be missing out yeah it's either a prequel whatever it is he's angry and his angry form is like he's like peak bowser like he's somewhere between like how he looks with his special in mario strikers and like what giga bowser is in smash um, so before we get to like what his fury does and what the mode means, I gotta ask Angel. You are a resident Bowser fan and expert, truly a Bowser scholar. So, um, what are your thoughts on his new fury form and this idea of really like? I mean, making him a monster hunter monster, basically. It, it just looks badass. Like it looks awesome. The, the, it, like the theme it does, like, doesn't come. <laughs> that clip of like you know the raining, the lightning, him just being on menace. Like he actually looks menacing. I think it's like the first like Mario game where he looks like a legitimate like threat like oh man like this like he he means business where you know like he does have like a lot of epic battles like I love like I think of Mario Galaxy 2's ending where you have the bombastic music that I feel makes it feel more awesome and threatening than Bowser himself does because I mean it's just a giant Bowser he he I don't know I mean he has spikes and stuff but he's not necessarily the the scariest looking enemy but yeah now he actually does and he looks like i mean a lot of people compare he looks like a i don't know it's very like dark soulsy just like the the mood and tone of it and i think someone actually Mm -hmm. um like composed like their own little like oh what if this was like a dark soulsy theme and you know like it just matched up perfectly like i don't know it, it just looks awesome very very awesome well, even, even the mode sort of plays into that. I mean, not Dark Souls on that level, but like this idea of like, you know, ignoring, um, the gameplay itself, the concept of you're going through and collecting these cat, uh, shines around this new area called Lake Black Cat or something like that. And, you know, you, you do that and you're powering up so you can become Giga Cat Mario to fight this giant Bowser. And for everything that giant bowser looks fury bowser looks awesome for i feel like giga cat mario sort of undercuts because it looks so silly but um either way uh the 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 thing that's gonna put time with dark souls is the difficulty changes on you as you go because apparently at random times 
Fury Bowser is just going to strike. So the weather's going to change. There's going to be these giant attacks and spikes and fire and stuff all around you as you're trying to complete the same thing you were doing a second ago, but now it's much more difficult. And then it like it's kind of like the hardcore mode for a Mario game almost. And then at some point Bowser you know steps back and it goes back to normal and it does it again. But if you want the challenge, if you use the Bowser amiibo, you can just tap it and summon Bowser at any time and just have like the harder version. So I, that's kind of interesting because they don't usually do this sort of like duality of difficulties with Mario. It's usually just get through the level, fight the boss. And will it just like, stay that way the whole time or is it just like I don't it? know. They're, I, it might just be triggering it. I'm not sure, which would be kind of a, a hassle. Um, I'm not sure. They haven't said. Likewise, if you t- tap Bowser Jr.'s amiibo, you get a little shockwave to defeat enemies. So you have one that makes things harder and one that makes things easier, which is kind of funny. But um, I think – I mean – it looks awesome, but I think like looking past Bowser himself, the mode is actually kind of unexpected in its approach. Like, you know, here's Mario 3D World, a game that's sort of a hybrid of 3D Mario movement with like fixed path 2D Mario. And yet the DLC is this free roaming, almost Mario Odyssey thing. Like really the whole thing actually kind of feels like an amalgamation of like a bunch of different Marios because you've got like the sandbox of Odyssey. You've got the cat stuff obviously of 3D World really heightened. Like everything has cat ears. Everything in Lap Lake has cat ears. Um, you've got uh, the sort of light co-op thing with Bowser Jr. He's sort of your assistant. He runs around with you. But whether you want to interpret it as how Cappy was in Odyssey or if you want to go with like the OG, like the co-star thing in Mario Galaxy, like a second player can sort of be there and do like light assistance as Bowser Jr. And then thematically, you've got the idea of like giant Mario battles, which, you know, uh, with Giga Cat Mario and Fury Bowser, which takes a page from multiple Mario and Luigi games. And then you've got the return of Bowser Jr.'s paintbrush, which we haven't seen Although it seems a more ton reminiscent outside of, of Sunshine. Pokemon, though. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, that was my first thought. It's like Dynamaxing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just like this whole mode is like this weird mishmash of random Mario elements. Even even a little Wind Waker in there, which I know is Zelda, but like the way you ride Plessy go from spot to spot around the lake, like kind of had some King of Red uh, Lions vibes. But yeah, so I just think it's interesting that they could have just done a normal, you know, here's some more levels, but they really did something different. And I think in in my opinion at least it's kind of like it the whole in many ways this whole thing just feels like so like yep this is how nintendo would approach this they're not just going to do more levels like nothing's just happening because it's happening not just like we're just gonna make a new thing but there's actually like a calculated reason that they did this and i think i think once like you stop and think about it, it's like oh yeah that kind of makes sense because this is a thing that we just saw the other week comes to uh, come out when they announced or not announced but a modder found those npcs in breath of the wild are just modified me's made with a me editor by the developers. Do you guys see that story? You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like ingenious of Nintendo because it's almost to the same scale of how they made the bushes and clouds in the original Mario Bros. the same graphic in different colors because like if you think about it, you know, make an open world game, you have two basic options of how you do this, right? You either have all the NPCs be variants of a few base designs or you spend way too much time, energy, resources designing every single one. And Nintendo's like, no, 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 or we're going to do option C we're going to take our already existing, very intuitive, quick face builder and just retrofit it. So what the modder found, for those who haven't seen the story, is that um, a lot of facial fe- facial features of Miis line up with those of the Zelda NPCs. And even more so, you can actually convert a Mii file into the NPC faces for Zelda, which allowed Nintendo to very quickly, very easily make a robust, varied world without needing to build a tool to do it. They just sort of took something from 
you know, a decade prior and use it. And it's kind of clever. And looking at Bowser's Fury, the thing I'm seeing there is, again, you know, yeah, they pour it over 3D World and they can port over the dev tools to expand its gameplay. Those were built with the Wii U in mind. Or they can use the existing Odyssey engine that's already fully functional on Switch and just kind of overlay some 3D World elements. So if you look at it from that perspective, this is actually the most logical thing Nintendo could have done <laughs> in a way. Um, and if you want to go even one step further, maybe this actually was DLC for Mario Odyssey until they realized they could sell 3D World with it. So they, you know, pushed it over and maybe can convince people who own 3D World on Wii U to make the jump and get it a second time. Which leads to the question of, uh, Angel, are you going to double dip? Did this convince you to double dip? Because I know you had hesitations about 3D World originally. I mean, Bowser looks badass and... I'm a big fan of Bowser, so no, I'm not. Um, How come? It it just doesn't feel like enough, and I'm kind of slightly disappointed that it seems like it practically feels like you already beat the game just by watching the trailer. Like it literally spoils. Yeah, that everything. sucked. I don't know what they were doing. Like, yeah, that was dumb. Like you know, like just kind of leave it at like, oh, Bowser's coming up, but then they show, you know, Mario growing big, and I'm like, oh, like either. Like, you either have one or two thoughts, like, oh, that's... Are they really just showing the finale? And then later, um, someone posted pictures of, like, Mario during the fight as Giga Cat Mario. And it kind of takes away any motivation to play it. Not that, like, I don't want to play it one day. I definitely want to. But I don't feel motivated to, like, pace, like, the 60 bucks right now. Because, you know, I like... For one thing, like my brother and I, like a hundred percent at Mario 3D World, like there is literally nothing in that game that we didn't do. So, literally, the only value comes from, like you know, Bowser's Fury, and you know, potentially, like if three other friends get it, that would also, that could like definitely swing things over in the I'll get it side. But the mm-hmm. other friends that we were considering playing this with are, we're still on the fence about it, just because you know it's sixty bucks. They're still kind of. We're getting enough playtime from these other games. Like it, it, it's coming out at an interesting time. I feel if it, I don't know, if we ever get a nice little sale, of like maybe twenty, thirty bucks cheaper, that would definitely help. But even just like the Bowser's Fury, like it to me, it feels kind of underwhelming overall. Like the fact that you could just, I guess, tap the Bowser amiibo. Like I feel like if I were to play it, I'd probably do that the whole time. But yeah, I don't know it. It, 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 it kind of just like it's like so close but no like not it doesn't quite hit it yet and yeah the fact that they spoiled this... most of it too it's just kind of I wish they had left some surprises but it seems like there's nothing really to discover yeah that was that was really weird and I think to your point about like the scale of it yeah it is um, I mean the fact that Nintendo keeps calling it kind of like this short or like quick or I forgot what word they yeah, use it, it, like, yeah, it, it literally looks like you could beat it in one yeah. session it's probably like you could probably if you want to find every secret and everything. It's probably like ninety minutes. It's basically a, a Mario Mario Odyssey Kingdom. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean literally, it, it's using the engine. It looks like as I was saying. So like it, it probably is a Mario. Odyssey I mean, three D World does have some um, open world areas, but they're usually pretty barren. But yeah, and, and yeah. yeah, and even then, it's not anywhere near like like anything like <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Yeah, because, um, yeah, the thing is, uh, well, Kevin, did you you never played the original 3D World, no, right? Because you didn't have a Wii U. No. <clears throat> so are you, because I think, like, the, the, the value proposition for folks who, 
Well, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think the value proposition for us is insane as an entirely new game. Like, are you considering it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I figured. Um, cause like, honestly, like you're in for a really good game. Like, I mean, it, the, I am, the one thing that stood out I, I to am, me I am back kind in of the day. Like, it does, the whole package looks awesome as a whole, but I feel like, damn yeah. it, like, that's what I get for supporting Nintendo and the Wii U and going all in on their <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, well, it's funny. Well, it's funny because like, I wish like, I hadn't played it coin... so I could play it now. Because, you know, like, they the, also have those the, quality the... of life improvements. Like, the characters run and everything mm-hmm. moves faster in the game, which is a big deal. That I feel like would just make the game experience a lot better than it was on the Wii U because it did feel kind of sluggish at times. But you know, I still loved it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like even just that, I feel like makes me go like, oh, I wish I had played it like this. But yeah, and then like there's even there's even stuff overlaid on it that isn't that crucial, but just kind of nice. Like the snapshot mode from Odyssey, literally the same mode, same filters, and everything now exists in 3D World, but they added the stamps you collect. So now the stamps you collect actually have a purpose besides you just throw them on a Miiverse <sighs> message when Miiverse was a thing. Like, it actually feels more, like, cohesive. And, like, it's funny because I'm on the other side of coin of you, Angel. Like, I have the game pre-ordered. Let's be real. It's just because I want the second set of my Nintendo Mario pins. But, no, seriously, like, I, I think, uh, for me, one of the big reasons I'm double-dipping is, well, one, I don't beat my games. We know that. But, two, um, I feel like this game, this is, like, how it was meant to be played because the game was a up to four player co-op game yeah you could do solo and that's why i done Wii. but the idea that hey if i know some people and they want to play online whether it's us and we wait a few months whether it's you know when our friends catch up inside to get it or whether i find another group or something like knowing that i can now actually experience it with four players which is something i couldn't do on wii u and i don't have to like go for group <laughs> you'll people, be able to like, beat it possibly or i'll at least get like the developer's original vision more fully you know and then the quality of life improvements like you were saying are really nice and um yeah like the online play is a huge game changer both figuratively and literally i feel like i mean it obviously only is going to work with friends not random people which you know that's how a lot of these sort of cut like minecraft dungeons only works with friends like it, that's just how these sort of things work so i'm not too surprised about that but i feel like it's just you know going through a whole game together when the game was pitched as a four-player experience is the way to do it but even if you do it so, like, Kevin, if you have not experienced this, it's a really fun game. Like, I think new players like you are going to be really into it because, I mean, it's such an interesting hybrid because it's – it's they basically took a 2D Mario and, like, turned it on its Z-axis. So it's more linear. It's got the flagpole. It even has a run button. But, like, it's just really well done. It feels very, like, curated. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's uh good. It's good. On the other, like, I guess bummered about this theory that kind of made me go, like, not – that made me not get as excited for it was the fact that – Kind of like you mentioned, like it's like a light co-op game. Like I, it yeah. didn't. First, I thought like, okay, it's like an extension to Super Mario Three D World, so it'll probably be four players. This is like before we heard anything or even saw anything. Like I thought it was just going to be another thing. I feel like, like oh, okay, at the very least, I could beat this with my brother. And then you know, the trailer comes out and, and it's like, wait, I guess the second player is Bowser Junior. But then you look at the way he's moving around and it's like, oh, it's like not really a fully controlled character, or you know, yeah. like. Yeah. You know, like, only one person's actually going through the obstacle. The other person is just kind of there. It's, like, something you give to, like, a like a child or someone that isn't fully paying attention. Or that into video games, I guess. And I, I mean, honestly... I know that we know it's ahead. basically a single-player game with an assistant. Like, it... Yeah, because, you know, since I beat the full game with my brother, I kind of wanted to do that with Bowser Fury also. So it kind of also unmotivates me to play a little more initially but you know obviously I'll well it, it's it eventually. Interest, 
it's interesting because as you're describing, I realize like you know before I was saying Nintendo doesn't do anything like just by chance. Like everything happens because of a reason. Like they 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 did this because they had the engine and everything. Like another thing that occurs to me is, yeah, it it, it Bowser's Fury kind of goes against the grain of what Mario 3D World's about. As I was just saying, you know, it's built as a four player first game. But I'm thinking now, this is like a Trojan horse to get people to buy Odyssey. I mean, like let me let me explain. There's there's a large casual audience on Switch now, right? Like they, you know, they snatched up the Animal Crossing and now suddenly a few months later, you know, that this game's coming out. That seems strategic to me, you know, doing it after some of those folks that got Animal Crossing in the millions went on to get a heavily discounted new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe over the holidays. Again, this following that seems strategic, like really 3D World is and was always built as kind of the bridge between 2D Mario, which those casual folks are already comfortable with, and 3D Mario's that perhaps they feel less so towards. So to offer 3D World and then at the end kind of throw in basically a Mario Odyssey mode right down to the design philosophy being it's single player with secondary light co-op versus, you know, what you just played in the rest of the game almost feels like they're like, it feels strategic. It feels like they're almost doing kind of like a a, a second bridge further into Mario. They're like, well, you played this, try this other thing. You kind of already know how 3D space works. Try this other mode. And... I think I made a similar point a few episodes ago when talking about like new, the new Super Mario Bros. series and the DS and the Wii, but this is a strategy that Nintendo does over and over and over. I mean, on the DS and Wii, they lured people in with Wii Sports with Touch Generations. Then they got them into 2D Mario with the new Super Mario Bros. games. Then Nintendo hoped they'd go full gamer with the 3DS and Wii U and they'd make the jump. Obviously, that didn't work, but here it's kind of that same attempt on a smaller scale. Like People already have their Switches. You're giving them 3D World. You're doing it in a way they're familiar with, right down to there's a new white cat Mario that lets you be invincible as you go through levels, which is perfectly analogous with how U Deluxe offers Nabbit to go invincible through levels. And, you know, if they like Bowser Fury, there's this whole other Mario game from three years ago that, uh, you know, they can boost the sales of. It's like a total evergreen strategy through and through. And for us fans, meanwhile, you know, they got everyone freaking out over how cool Bowser looks in it. So, like, they could have made Odyssey, Odyssey DLC, but instead they're getting at least some of us to like I me mean, to spend another sixty dollars instead of fifteen. I mean, maybe so I missed it's it. Really but, strategic. But did they announce a like a Fury Bowser amiibo to go with this? They did not. No, just regular Bowser. And that uh, is they are they're releasing a Cat Mario. That would be what they would announce, right? I mean, that yeah. Would be nice to buy. Uh, but yeah, they're doing Cat Mario, Cat Peach, regular Bowser reprint, regular Bowser Junior reprint from the Smash line. Whack. Um. Yeah, it's a little weird. But yeah, it's just like the more I think about it, like as you're scrying, oh yeah, like the co-op's like this whole other time. I'm like, oh yeah, because the co-op is literally Mario Odyssey's co-op, like I was saying before. So it all it all kind of fits together. This is basically a demo of a different Mario game, but masquerading as a new Mario experience for those who are fans and want something new. It's really clever, actually. Yeah. Huh. I see you, Nintendo. I see what you're doing. Marketing other Marios with new Marios. Clever, clever. Um... Punishing their, but yeah, their hardcore it's, it's, fans, yeah. Visual I mean, pun- I, want, yeah, I, I know, I know. Punishing, I mean, they're, just, they're just making it very difficult for you to enjoy. Yeah, like honestly, like, I really, I really wish like Bowser Fury was also available as a standalone thing, but you know that's not going to happen. But oh well, that would yeah. really, that yeah, would I think that would. Worlds. But that almost feels like that would have been the best of both worlds because then they could still you know bundle it with. Uh, Super Mario 
3D world and have it kind of be that bridge and that all branch to the more casual crowd and sort of ease them into Odyssey if that's too intense for them. But then for us, we could just buy it. But I think they're trying to have their cake and eat it too and get us to pay 60 And based on the internet's reactions, I think a lot of people are going to be paying 60 Like they're hitting this from every angle and it's working for the most part, minus some folks who have level heads like yourself. It's funny because like but, a lot I, of my, yeah, my coworkers have been like kind of like shocked. They're like, like, oh man, like Angel's obviously getting this because you know Bowser. Like I have like they see me with like Bowser shirts. I have had like Bowser avatars and whatever. And now it's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's not getting it. Like the the biggest Bowser fan <laughs> we know. But yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah, yeah, but uh, we'll stay strong. Angel, stay strong. But when I said they're hitting it from every angle, I literally meant every angle because even folks who don't uh have a switch now can get a switch that goes along with all this did you guys see that ridiculously bright red not ridiculously bad way just very bright red switch they announced oh yeah it looks like a like a fisher price toy or something but yeah it's uh i wouldn't say it looks bad but the combination i feel like doesn't look that great on the switch i don't know well, here's what's weird to me, and some folks online are saying this too, is that – so, and this is very nitpicky. So first, the cool – for those who don't know, what Nintendo's doing, it, the cool thing is they're in tandem with Bowser's Fury, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury coming out. They're releasing a new limited edition Switch. It's a Mario-themed red and blue Switch, they're calling it. It's the first Switch, I believe, that actually changes the color of the base tablet part, not just the Joy-Cons. And it's very red. The dock is red. The Joy-Cons Dude, are red. The Switch is that red. Would like look the tablet. I mean, remove those blue Joy-Cons, slip in the red ones, and bam, like an all red Switch. And that, I think, is what's weird about it. Like, if you're going to make a red Switch, just make a red Switch. Like, really, the only thing that's not red in this is the Joy-Con grip and those slide-on bumper wrist strap thingies we were talking about earlier about, like, you know, the ergonomics. Like, those are blue. Those accessories are blue. And for 300 bucks, you get, you know, the red Switch, those things, plus a reversible red and blue carrying case which is a nice little bonus because normal switches at that price don't come with that but yeah it's kind of like if they're gonna just do a red switch just do a red switch like i well i saw some people saying online and i kind of sort of agree with but i don't know if i agree with it enough that i actually care but like i get what they're saying is that for a system called mario red and blue there's nothing blue on the system it's all accessories yeah which on the one hand like Sure, I get it. Like Mario's upper half is red with two blue lines down the middle because it's his overall straps, and that's what they're doing with the, you know, the Joy-Con grip thingy and the and the wrist straps is are streaks of blue on a sea of red. I understand that, but I don't know. Like they had cooler special edition Mario things. Like they had special edition DSs with Pat. Your new 3DS Angel was a really cool Mario pattern. Yeah, really like when like you got the one. new 3DS. And there's some really goofy ones they've done with a giant Mario and. and m on them and things like that it just feels like this is so like low-key by comparison like it being red is kind of cool like if you want like an all red switch this is the way to do it if you like, like having the red a burst of color on your really nice yeah yeah exactly it's almost the same shade as this i feel like and if you want like that burst of color on your like your entertainment center like that this will do that in spades but to call it like mario and blue just I'm like ah, come on nintendo just call it a red switch or or if you're going to do a Mario edition, like do a pattern on the back. You do it with every other special edition Switch. Like it just feels like they like just dipped a Switch in red like dye and went, cool, we're done. Oh, right, blue. Uh, okay, a couple things. Okay, now we're done. Like I don't know. It just felt a little half-hard compared to some of the very inspired designs they've done in the past. Yeah, although even the Fortnite one had I guess more design flourishes on it, which is kind of funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, like the Fortnite one did, the Monster Hunter one did. Like, Animal it, Crossing. yeah, it just feels very. Animal Crossing was probably one of my favorite. There was a Pokemon one too, I believe. There was, but it was Eevee. mostly prints. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Eevee and Pikachu, and they had prints on the Joy Cons and on the back. Yeah, those so yeah, this Joy-Cons is like a different... pretty interesting, like the brown and the yellow, but or the mint green and blue for Animal Crossing. Yeah, that would look nice for sure. Yeah, I really, I think one of the smartest things Nintendo did with the Switch. I remember. Before it came out, I kept saying, oh, Nintendo loves selling plastic. They're going to make all these ridiculous controller accessories for Switch. Like you're going to slot in like you're playing Resident Evil. Oh, here's a fake chainsaw you slot in or something like, you know, that's or a D-pad like I was saying at the top. But I think in retrospect, one of the smartest things Nintendo did was make. What a crazy idea. An actual D-pad? Oh, boy. I know. Wild. But I think what Nintendo did that's actually really smart in retrospect is they made – customization and like the modular colors and basically uh they've made joy cons like a fashion accessory for your switch like they are selling the plastic as much as i thought they would they're just not doing it in the way they did the wii where you had all these endless dumb little accessories like you had the wii zapper which was fun for link's crossbow training but like then you had the wii wheel then you had the wii fit balance board then you had this then you had that here they're just like well why don't we just keep pumping out colors and people like colors and they're gonna keep wanting to change them and mix them up and you know they launched a website a couple years ago on, over on nintendo.com where you could like actually like mix and match your ideal switch and you know the first thought you had angel was oh take out the joy cons put in red and i guarantee you there's someone like oh take out the joy cons put in the splatoon ones you got like a crazy i don't even know what color scheme like it's, it's a really clever way to really do fun like i like that i could just go from you know yeah. double blue to double red to inverse to whatever just and n- the fact none of that, that you have multiple stuff, that's just boring but and the fact that you have multi yeah, i have all gray i'm boring but the fact that you have multiple color options that you like to switch between is nintendo successfully continuing to sell you plastic just without having to actually develop anything it's like the cheapest way for them to fulfill that vision so they did it just not how i expected and i've seen videos of people that actually collect like every joy con color and it just looks like they have a bag of skittles like it is crazy it's how many colors there are <laughs> and it's it's Honestly, it's really cool, and like it is, it's very rare that you can have a system where you can make it that much like yours, so to speak. You know, like even when it was like the DS or very Game Boy like, okay, yeah, they make yes with the face plates. Yeah, because Nintendo never gives up on an idea. I didn't think about yet that yeah, the micro didn't do too well, the face plates didn't do too well, but the idea of making a system truly yours and customizing it, they brought it back. I mean, really, the micro faceplate was actually our original riff on the GameCube faceplate. That top of the disc, you could swap that out. They never did much with it, but you could. I think they released, like, one other one through, like, a European Nintendo Power equivalent. Yeah, they didn't realize you could do that until, like, a couple years back when they saw someone with a different one. I'm like, wait, that's removable? But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they, the new 3DS, they, like, been... they also have removable faceplates. I wish they had made a cool Bowser one, but, you know, the one I have now is good enough. Yeah, like they, and I think honestly, from Nintendo's business perspective, besides just making money, like their whole, you know, off the extra Joy-Con sales, like their whole thing was they wanted to transfer the Switch from being a household device to a personal device and continuing to pump out colors, continuing to pump out new Joy-Cons, like that's how you do it. Because people are going to be like, oh no, this is my Switch because I have these two Joy-Cons. And then, oh, you have to get your Switch or whatever with your Joy-Cons. So it, it works, it works. But um, what I at least found more interesting than the special edition Switch, um, to be honest with you, is that Nintendo finally woke up to the fact that Super Mario 3D, or not 3D, Super Mario 35, the game, needs better in-game events. Like, 
this was the final and probably smallest piece of news pertaining to the Mario anniversary plans that they covered last week. Um, but they're doing this new thing in Mario 35 called the World Count Challenge. And essentially over a given time frame, there's an overarching goal all players work together to achieve. So first up, they're asking players to co- collectively defeat, I think it's three and a half million Bowsers in game between uh next week i think it's like the 18th through the 25th of january or like the 19th or 26th or something like that but if players succeed anyone who participated will get 350 my nintendo platinum coins which is enough to flip around and for free get the new smash bros invitation greeting cards that they just added to my nintendo store the other day what but not including shipping and handling well yeah you have to pay five bucks for that that, whatever that's it is no no, Honestly, no the actual product bucks. is free. You can get anything you want and shove it into that five buck box and it will still be five bucks. There's charging you for a box that you fill with whatever you want, essentially. Hmm. Yeah, so you definitely have to get more than one thing. Because I feel like the envelopes alone are like worth five bucks or less. A lot of the things on there feel like they're worth five bucks or less. So it almost doesn't feel like you're Oh totally. It's 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 retrofitted convention swag from when they had to cancel yeah. everything, basically. Yeah, but I mean the invitation those greeting cards are pretty cool. Like, I don't know, um, Kevin, have you seen those? You know what we're talking about? No, hold on, let me bring up the link. Keep vamping. So, it's basically, um, on my Nintendo, they now give you the option to get a set of envelopes, a set of Smash Bros. cards, and then the little wax seal, just like in all the oh, character yeah, reveal cool. trailers. Uh, so you can have your own. They're a little more square than I thought they would be. They look, I could have sworn that they were a little bit more rectangular. In the trailers, they are. Angels? Yeah. That's kind of eh, immersion ruined. Ah, but I already got it too. What a waste! I haven't gotten it. I'm still debating because I already have like a little I think... miniature version that it was like fan made by someone at a convention. So Dude, and that you one were... and, 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 I... and, and that one has the right proportion. So it's like I'm kind of happy with that one. Not to mention, I'm s- you know still mad at you yeah. about that by the way so i don't know kevin if you ever told you the story but so we were at e3 it was at e3 and someone was walking around and they made their own as he described like little miniature ones and they would just pass them out at random around nintendo's booth like they just had a bag of them and they just walk around and i think Angel they were inviting like... you to smash bro <laughs> i wouldn't have got i wouldn't have got it when if i were you <laughs> well now that you put it through that perspective maybe not but there was someone but um promoting like... her her like own website or I forgot oh. what she was doing. Yeah, I, but, I, I mean um, I'm sure her info is two, in the in the actual invitation. It's just like I just have to for the envelope. but who's gonna uh, who's gonna undo the wax? I'll send, I'll send it your way, Kevin, yeah. and then you can decide for yourself. But <laughs> but the um the thing that Angel did that he kept telling me Nintendo was giving them out for like two days of the three days of e3 so every time i saw a nintendo rep i'd be like <laughs> watching like oh do they have the bag of envelopes and i'd like follow them around the booth like do they have the envelopes i want the envelope because i like it's the coolest piece of swag if it was you know actually from nintendo um it's still cool even though it's not and i kept for data like i'd be like angel did you see it and he'd just say like oh she was just over there at the bag and he never said who she was so i'd look around and see like one nintendo's like blue shirted people and be like ah okay and i'd like beeline over there and of course they don't have it and then just awkwardly and stand finally, there finally yeah and i just like awkwardly because i didn't want to be like can i have a smash thing because i'm a third at the time like a 30 year old man i'm like can i have a smash envelope i'm just gonna really want it internally um so i would just kind of linger and see it wasn't there and then go back and be like oh they they didn't have it and it was like oh yeah they ran out and then finally, I think it was like in the final six hours of the end of the 
you know, last day of E3, and just like, oh yeah, they never had those. This was some the random girl. Like, wait, what? <laughs> so it was a good prank. Good prank, Angel. Yeah. You made me look like a fool for literally no two and a half days. Except for your... Yep. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Except my... Yeah. But yeah, though, but my point was, like, those things are super cool. Uh, there is a link on the vlog poster who hasn't seen it. And with this new wor- World Count Challenge thing they're doing Mark 35, like, if, as long as you participate, you basically can get this for free. Uh, so that's kind of a nice perk. But back, back to the challenge um, itself, the reason I'm bringing it up is in many ways this is what I feel like the game needed. I mean, in some ways, this thing mirrors what, like, Nintendo does with their mobile games all the time, where they're like, hey, everyone, like, do a retweet campaign and convince your friends to play this game, and then you're all going to get rewards. But here, like, I'm just glad they're doing something unique with Mario 35, because honestly, like, the current crop of events in that game were not helping with the issue that I feel like we had when we first talked about the game, which is that it gets old and repetitive. Like, once you have a strategy, you just milk that strategy, and you'll do pretty well. And, like, Nintendo tried to kind of spice it up. They'd have, like, weekend challenges where only certain levels or conditions would, like, you know, occur at any given time. But the fatal flaw to me was you didn't get anything out of them. Like, the reason I still play every single Tetris 99 Maximus Cup two years later is because it's special. Do well enough and you unlock unlock a new skin that's only available during that limited time that they can then use whenever you want. Like, last weekend they did Kirby Fighters 2. Do I care about Kirby Fighters 2? Not particularly, but I'm invested enough. I have all the skins up to this point. I gotta complete the set, so I go back into Tetris 99 and do it. Meanwhile, Mario 35's original challenges were just like, hey, you know those icons you can unlock at any time whatsoever? Well, this weekend, you can also do that. It's just like, uh, all right, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't really feel like a driving force of why you go back in to Mario 35 or like what an in-game event's supposed to be about. So what's nice about the world count, uh, world count challenges is that they're now giving you something different and something new. And that, to me, might actually get me to go back and play it, which, you know, I, I like the concept of it. It just got old. So having a goal, a specific goal and having a specific reward at the end of that goal, it, 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 it's keeping me potentially interested there's gonna be three of these so they're doing the one in january with bowser then they're doing one in february then doing one in march i'm kind of hoping like there's part of me that wants them since the game's you know being sunset at the end of march anyway because nintendo apparently thinks the world ends on march 31st and all mario activities must cease uh but they i'm kind of hoping they're just gonna go crazy with it like who cares if you break the game? Throw a 2D cat Mario in there for February's challenge or something. You know, promote 3D World with it. Let the different abilities be there. See what happens. If it doesn't work, it's only for a weekend and the game's dead eight weeks later anyway. So who cares? Like, I kind of want them to just go wild with it. I don't think they will, but it'd be cool if they at least try. Because this is, this is like basically a little playground. They can do whatever they want. Like, it doesn't matter. The game's, one, it's free, and two, it's gone. So, you know. But are, do you think you, do you think this will get you guys to maybe try and, the, uh, the challenge, like the fact that you actually get real rewards out of it, or are you basically completely over thirty-five? No, I can't say it will. I I don't know. I I know I was like initially on the, it's like, oh, why did this have to be a temporary thing when before it, the game actually came out? But you know, as we've discussed in the podcast, like the actual game itself isn't as fun as you would think because there are strategies that just make the game last a long time without. Yeah, really feeling as rewarding at the end. It's like you're not really winning the way I feel Nintendo intended you to win, and as a result, like I just kind of dropped out of it hard, like pretty early on. Like I got my first place ranking, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "All right, I guess I'm done." 
And yeah, this doesn't really change my mind about it. I'm kind of hoping that because you have to focus so much on Bowser in particular, it will change how you play because you have to focus on certain levels. You have to make sure you get far enough into the cycle. But yeah, it it ultimately may not be enough. But yeah, I'm going to give it a I'm shot. I'll report back. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> too much Mario. Just too much. But uh, yeah, I'll report back. I mean, Kevin, did you? I don't remember. Did you even try 35 or you're just like meh? That was just meh. About it. Yeah, but and I imagine this isn't going to move the needle oh, unless you really no. want those smash cards. No, <laughs> I guess it's like I, I like I like the concept so much and just got tired of it. That I'm hoping this is like the little burst of newness that will get me back in versus hard dropping it like you guys did or never even starting it. I mean, didn't you get first or second place once? You were, I know you. I got second place. I I Luigi'd it pretty well. Yeah. Ooh. Not bad. Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself. That's better than I've ever done in Tetris 99. I think the highest I've ever gotten in Tetris 99 is like fourth or third. So, But also, there's only 35 people in Mario and there's 99 in Tetris. So Tetris is still – I That's, still did better. Yeah, just much more impressive. Yeah. But yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so that that's the Mario anniversary stuff. Um, but as I guess one anniversary winds down, another spins up as the Pokemon company has now begun to outline its plans – for, I can't believe I'm saying this, we're so old now, the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. I mean, speak for yourself. Which is weird to say. Huh. Kevin and my brother are only just a little older than Pokemon. Didn't realize That's that. really weird. That's so weird to me. What's really weird is there's a whole generation... There's a whole generation of kids that like Pokemon was just there in the same way that like Bugs Bunny was like just there and Mickey was just there when we were born. Like that's Pikachu for a whole generation. Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah. So weird. But yes, yeah, um, so Pokemon so far, transcends like anime as a category, and it's like almost like its own thing. Oh, it's totally its yeah. own thing. I mean, one of the things they announced, which really emphasizes as its own thing, is um this weird music initiative thing which i was, I was gonna talk about pokemon snap first but like this i think is really the embodiment of that it's its own thing is that like the pokemon company one of the big things they're doing this year is p25 music which the idea in its vaguest form is to team up with major artists and upcoming ones to create something it sounds like original music but maybe a playlist and it sounds like it may be a preset thing but they're also talking about activations around the world which sounds like it may have a live component but really all we know at this point is the fact that katie perry is going to be um one of the collaborators the first collaborator and uh in an interview with people magazine about the collaboration she uh said that she's really into it because she and i quote understands the story of pikachu on the surface <laughs> you may just think i'm a cute um, uh, i'm just cute have a couple of cute songs but if you dig deeper you'll realize change to the rhythm is not just a fun little song and that you guys is totally analogous with pikachu Somehow, I am not I don't know how to this just to see what it turns into. But I mean, when you say yeah, like I mean, Nintendo having a music initiative, it almost kind of disappoints me that they just kind of stopped releasing the Pokemon music on iTunes. Like they were doing such a good job, like having the complete soundtrack. Like these are soundtracks that have like over a hundred tracks on them, like hours and hours of music. They had one for like straight up. Um, it was a fire red and leaf green. Then they had one for mm-hmm. Ruby and Sapphire. Then they even re-released. Then they released the other one for Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. They pretty much got every single one you can think of, whether it's like original or like the remake, all the way up to Black and White Two. 
they did release one for Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. So I guess we could say up to that point. And I've just been waiting because I've bought in all of them because I do love the Pokemon music. Whether I ended up really playing that game a lot or not, I do listen to the battle music a lot. And I've just been waiting patiently for the Sword and Shield music because that music, the music in that game, or at least the battle music, some of them are really, really great. And yeah, they just haven't Hon- released them. I don't know Honestly, why. I think it's a matter of time. Honestly, because the other, like, literally, I mean, it's, it's been a matter of time like, since, like, it was the next one on the chopping block. It's just been forever. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, I mean, I think they're gonna actually fall through because, like, the like Pokemon company, like, all right, so we got new Pokemon Snap, which we'll talk about in a bit, and we've got Katy Perry, and we've got merch. Like, literally, all they've announced oh, is we're gonna do a year of merch. So, okay, um, but yeah, they're just like when merch, merch, calls, merch, and oh yeah, yeah, phone calls are important, but uh, yeah, just like. Merch, merch, merch. I mean, literally, they one of the things they announced is, "Hey, you remember the original water. Pokemon <laughs> train card?" Right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you're like, "Oh yeah, that's normal." I mean, that. Yeah, like totally makes sense. I mean, it's not like he could even make a phone call anymore. Sadly, I guess I could have said like, "When they want to ask, you answer." But yeah. Oh, that's good. But no, what I was gonna say is like, merch is a heavy thing. Um, they're making jumbo versions of original Pokemon cards. They're making like pokemon furniture now like there's a ditto chair there's a metapod like sleeping bag there's that gengar pillow you saw that right you must oh, yeah. have seen that it's so good for those who haven't seen it we'll link to it on the blog post but basically the idea is if you're stressed out you just stick your head into gengar's mouth and it's like a five it's like a big pillow and has a five foot long tongue that kind of is like a on-ramp for where your head goes and it's super weird and it's pillow, amazing which are a thing but gengar it's a what pillow and it's like an ostrich pillow like oh yeah, yeah, but but Gengar, yeah. and I'm hoping more ridiculous stuff like that comes along. Yeah, but I'm thinking at really the very least, leaning into these, like I just love how they, like the photo shoots they have for these, like just have like a deadpan like office worker, like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to like like yeah. give me, I'm tired of all this, and I, and I just need like a mental break, or I'm about to have like a mental breakdown like, if I don't like cocoon myself into a metapod or stick my head into a Gengar. Like, I wonder what's going to be next, like, but... Literally, the photo is a guy on his knees with his head on, resting on the desk, like, face down, but not on the desk. It's in a Gengar's mouth. And it's just, like, Gengar's tongue going down his body. And he's in a full suit, like, office attire. It's great. But yeah, I, but more seriously, like, if they're, you know, if they're making ditto chairs, and they're making jumbo Pokemon cards, like, an easy way to be like, hey, Pokemon's 25th, come celebrate, is when people are already there for the Pokemon P25 music initiative, if they just have all the soundtracks at the ready. So I would not be surprised, honestly, if they catch them up and get them on Spotify and Apple Music and all that and iTunes, like, sooner rather than later to kind of coincide with, you know, the P25 thing. Which, honestly, like, I know you were saying... um I'm saying honestly a lot this episode. But no, I know you're saying honestly. that like you kind of wish they did the reg- the regular soundtracks. But on some level, like when I was a kid, like I really liked the not actual soundtrack music that Pokemon put out. Like I spent way, way, way too many hours listening to the Pokemon to be a master cassette. And yes, I said cassette. And I'm now showing my age by saying that. And yes, that's Pokemon to be a master with the number two the letter B and the letter A because it was the 90s and you don't spell things correctly. I mean, but honestly, like, those, those, I mean, did you listen to that much? Oh, yeah. I mean, you did, right? I mean, all those, yeah. like, the the anime score, for lack of a better term, I think, oh, that's not even lack. Like, yeah. This is what it is. Um, it's like, straight up. <laughs> like, those are great, too. Like, I, 
I just wanted to have like all the game soundtracks just for collector's sake. And I mean, I also do just love the game soundtracks in general, but like the music score is so good. Like, I mean, just like the anime rendition of the typical Pokemon battle or the gym leader battle, I feel are much better than, well, I mean, you know, they're, they're much more orchestrated and, you know, I guess cinematic for like, I'm saying a lack of a better term a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, like they they feel like what you would hear if you were to like watch a movie with them, and it's it's great. Like, luckily, I found, I guess I got like the, I guess one of the composers from Pokemon to hey, orchestrate. Yo, I'm back. Um, hey, Welcome back, Ken. We're talking about Pokemon music, specifically anime and the lyrical stuff, like on the To Be a Master cassette and CD oh, okay. in the nineties. Like, um, did you listen to that? <laughs> I was I was in the middle of a thought. Continue your thought. Sorry, I was catching him up. <laughs> Continue your thought, and then Kevin chime in. Yeah, like <laughs> like on Spotify, I was really happy to find um, there's like you know the Pokemon video games live orchestra that happens or used to happen every once in a while. They had I think like one of the composers of Pokemon to orchestrate like a medley. Like it starts with like the the original Pokemon, the first Pokemon theme, pretty much what you hear at the beginning of most of the episodes. Then it goes into the battle. Then it goes into the gym leader one. Then it goes into like the the victory fanfare that you hear at the end before it says to be continued, like all straight from the show. And, you know, mm-hmm. those evoke a different kind of nostalgia than I would say the playing the games do. But yeah. That was what it. about the lyric driven stuff? Like to be a master was mostly, you know, like songs that were uh, inspired like, like, on the road to Viridian city. They had what kind of Pokemon are you? Some age better than others. Like that uh, time has come one Pikachu's goodbye aged. All right. But were you into those at all? Just the probably just the Pikachu's goodbye one. I think all the other ones I kind of didn't really like for some reason. Or you know, just the Poké Raps and just the main themes. Oh yeah, but, yeah. So yeah, and and did you ever listen to this stuff, Kevin? When you were younger? no, but but okay. So you, as we've talked about on Quarantine Chronicles, um, I'm yeah. a huge fan of anime openings. And while I've I haven't really heard any of the Japanese Pokemon openings aside from like oh. the first or second one, um, I have the the original ones. Okay, so Pokemon went through a transition with Battle Frontier. I think they you I think they went from whatever production company they were using to four kids. As their production company. No, they they started with Four Kids, and then I think they left Four. Kids. Oh, okay. Four Kids was the original. Okay, yeah. so they were with Four Kids, and then they they switched. But the the opening theme, the English opening theme songs to the Pokemon anime, are bangers. Um, <laughs> which one? The whole the, To Be a Master album is. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Which one was it? The <laughs> Ad- Pokemon Advance Battle had the dopest intro. Master Quest also had a very dope intro. Gonna be honest, uh, I want to be the very best. Not my favorite one. I I know that there's a lot of nostalgia mm. with that one. I don't think it's that great. That's all there is, man. It's just nostalgia. Like it's yeah, it's person. it's literally just nostalgia. Yeah. It's not that great. Uh, not a huge fan of the vocalist, but yeah, I mean th- those those some of those Pokemon English openings before Battle Frontier are bangers, and then they just released the newest opening. For this newest season, I think it's called like Pokemon Journeys. They don't say Pokemon in it mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, th- dude, that that's literally half of like the To Be a Master CD cassette, whatever. I 
that half of it was Pokemon and had Pokemon named. I mean, a song's literally about going for it. Another song's like, what kind of Pokemon are you? But then like other songs don't even say Pokemon, but were written just for the album. Like the Pikachu's Goodbye song, The Time Has Come or whatever, never says Pikachu, never says Pokemon, never makes any Pokemon reference, but it's like written for it. So there is a precedent for that, believe it or not. Right. But um, yeah, like I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I really liked that album. Like, like it was super catchy. I mean, it was as close to quality music as like my Pokehog brain would allow me to listen to. You know, like actual music. Which um, I do remember. Ultimately, um, I because I like to be a master so much. I was then let down with the follow up project, which was Pokemon World, which was a CD that coincided with the Orange Island season of the show. I think, and it featured. Uh, what was then the brand new Pokemon Merrill on the cover, like right before Gold and Silver came out. So I was like, oh my God, new Pokemon on it. But it was a CD single, non album. So I expected, you know, another full album of stuff like the poker rap and whatnot. And instead, uh, it was the We All Live in a Pokemon World song, which was the Orange Island theme. So yeah, I guess also, it was for Also Island. a banger. And, yeah, it's good. And I think it also, along with that, had two versions of the same music from like the Pikachu Winter Vacation, like short or whatever like it was coming from like a 12 song like really good like oh my god this pokemon cassette to a three song cd that was rough even though we all live in pokemon world was good like it 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 hurt because i wanted like you know nine more songs but what did save it i do remember was it was also a cd rom it wasn't just a music cd it was a computer cd and if you put it into your computer you got exclusive videos you got a screensaver i think there are wallpapers and of course, I had all those immediately installed on my family computer in our family room within minutes of getting the CD. And you know, whenever my parents needed to use it, they had to get past that screensaver of a Lapras or whoever, because Orange Islands. But um, yeah, it was. I had there was a moment where I was super into Pokemon music, and as much as I was kind of being snarky and ridiculing the Katy Perry collab or whatever else Pokemon Company may come out with, you know, with P twenty five, there are going to be kids out there, and maybe not kids who are going to resonate with that, whatever that is, the same way we just gushed about intros, the same way I just went off about, like, you know, or not went off, that sounds negative, but went on about uh, To Be a Master and Pokemon World. Like, I know a lot of folks are poking fun at it. I poke fun at it, but, like, it could mm-hmm. end up actually being a pretty cool initiative to introduce kids to these artists or to find some new favorite music or what have you. you can't forget your favorite and, track of all time, the the Polka well, Rock. The polka rap, as in like Weird Al's polka rap. <laughs> is, that, is that who sang it? Yeah, I don't know who yeah, sang it. it, but it, was, the, it, was a, it was Weird Al. Really? Yeah, because I, I think know. it had. I, I think it had to be because polka is his like shtick. Huh. So, yeah. Huh. But um, but yeah. But the, huh. the reason I brought, huh? Indeed. But the reason I I, I like brought up P twenty five for any of the oh, game oh, news. We we forgot about. Oh yeah, one of the most important songs. Um, mm. Brian David Gilbert's uh, ultimate poker rap. <laughs> oh, the ultimate. yes, yes, yes. That he built and that he wrote and performed live at a. It's like, yeah, it's like a ten-minute song. <laughs> Every yeah. Pokemon up to it's that quality. Point. I mean, they did like skip out on like a couple that they just have to shout. Yeah, all he, at he, once, but, he, you know, he, they, they yeah, he did cheat, and then he did he, do an interpretive dance for like the legendary Pokemon. <laughs> But I looked, I mean, I, I appreciate awesome. the reasoning that, like, if he were to actually say every single one, the music would be, the song would be like over an, like a couple hours or something. 
And, you know, the interpretive dancing was like, oh, like, they're legendary Pokemon. They need to, they don't deserve just to be called out. They have to be, like, you know, yeah. given more respect or something. Yeah. It's entertaining yeah. at the very least. It's definitely worth a check. It's out. very entertaining. I'm very curious to see now that he's leaving Polygon what he's going to do. Yeah, I was a little bummed like, about that. His, the, but, uh... Oh, really? Me too. But I'm, yeah. I'm curious if he's going to go further down oh, his Oh, so he wasn't kidding when hole. he said that the edible Pokemon was his final one? Yeah, he was not Correct. kidding. Yeah. Oh. Yes, he's gone. Which you know, yeah. it's Pokemon related. I don't know. Both. I mean, I'm sure Kevin saw that one. I don't know if you did, Jason. Yeah. I have not yet seen the edible Pokemon one, though. But I'm intrigued because the Pokemon rap one is internet gold. <laughs> so, I mean, it's pretty much just him ripping but, the um, whole time of how, how dumb of a question that is. But mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. It's fun. I have to watch it. His Waluigi analysis is still, and the fact they got Doug Bowser at Nintendo to respond to him is still. I don't know if he's ever going to top that in my mind. Um, anyway, no, the, the, the reason I launched into the music conversation now was, uh, cause we were making the reference of how big Pokemon is and how it transcends anime. And yeah, now that I think about it, like if Pokemon's getting Katy Perry, like we're the, the sheer caliber of the collaboration is just kind of like with, you know, it's, it's just sort of like an in your face reminder of how massive Pokemon really is. I mean, Disney, you know, they get the biggest artists in the world to collaborate on projects all the time. They got Beyonce do Lion King. There's a literal who's who of huge celebrities and musicians for those Disney sing-along specials they do on ABC. You know, they did them back at Star Quarantine. It was literally like every artist you could think of. And nobody bats an eye at that. So the fact that we're like, okay, Perry with Pokemon. Like, Pokemon's in a league of its own just like that. Like, it's actually not at all surprising. And the fact that I was surprised they got someone like Kay Perry is perhaps me not really realizing how big Pokemon is. I mean, Pokemon Go alone in 2020, according to Sensor Tower, made $1.92 billion. And that's just one facet of this franchise. So, yeah, I guess it, it Pokemon really is just, it's, it's a league of its own. So I think the most I mean, licensed IP in the world or something. The most profitable franchise ever, right? It's like the number one in something. It, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So, I, it, it, I know it was one of the most, but... it was one of the most, like, just the fact that, like, surpasses point... Disney, like, in terms of that yeah. category, like, it's pretty crazy. Well, it's because it, it, it gets a little, like, nitpicky because Disney has multiple franchises that make more money collectively, but Pokemon's just the one franchise. So, yeah, it's, you know, there, there's ways you could sort of say they're both winners. But, yeah, no, Pokemon is uh, huge. And, you know, something like this and the fact that they're going to do this with multiple artists, I'm very curious where it goes. Because I think there's very few franchises where they, like, bring in an artist or like sets of artists and it actually like works or they're actually into it. And I, I think Pokemon's in a league, huh? No pun intended where, um, it can throw money to make it work. But like, you know, like how many ga- games or whatever can you think of where like they did a cl- original collaboration with an artist and it actually like works. Like the best examples I could think of are where they just license stuff, you know, like SSX tricky having it's tricky. was like perfect. Or like, you know, the offspring in their yeah, 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 yeah's in, uh, in Crazy Taxi. Didn't, um, um, Battlefield get Lincoln Park or something? They, uh, it was Medal of Honor. And <laughs> what they did is they took an already existing <laughs> Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah, it was Medal of Honor 2014. And they took a, uh, existing Lincoln Park song and slightly tweaked it. But it was, again, it was, a the, it was the catalyst. And, right? Yeah, I don't know how the game was. No, it was uh, Castle Glass for what? Wait, from whoa. their album oh. "Living Things." But like are a you catalyst sure? Or something else. I th- Positive. I'm pretty sure uh, it was the cat- catalyst. Catalyst. But 
but but oh oh wait 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 it was both you're right they used the callus the callus was uh debuted in a trailer for i think a battlefield but then they did a no, deeper no, 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 collaboration no, 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 with Medal no, no, of no, honor no. the catalyst was definitely Medal of honor then they were both Medal of Honor. Okay. Because for Medal of Honor 2014, they did like a music video that was like half Medal of Honor, half Linkin Park. But the Catalyst, I think they debuted, they used the original Medal of Honor reboot trailer to, as the debut for the song. Hmm. That sounds about right. Because I do remember actually, I was in college and the trailer came out and I was supposed to meet up with you, Angel. And I was very impressed with the technology in 2009 to be streaming off YouTube in my pocket with headphones the trailer because the catalyst is playing and the song just came out but i needed to meet you so i was like oh, how do i listen to this so i was just like biking with the audio of a medal of honor trailer and the catalyst um but yeah they've, they've done it twice with ea but neither of them were original compositions like i think like the few times it's been originals like you know most recently cyberpunk where they had like grimes and run the jewels but i feel like at least run the jewels that wasn't their strongest song no it wasn't so so i'm kind of curious like to the extent like is pokemon big enough that they could overcome that because you know they could just keep throwing money and get k perry to give like a real song or is it gonna be like eh, we'll just get what we can get we'll get a b-side it's fine so i, I guess time will tell but we'll see um and that's a lot a about not back po- for a new poker rap who knows they or say pokemon big artists award-winning pokemon. artists and up-and-coming artists will all be part of this initiative throughout the year so maybe He's still alive, right? Or they'll like trying to, what? Well, yeah, he's still alive. Or they'll try and appeal to the kids and do like Lil Nas X or something. I don't know how that would work, but I mean, I think both of those. Wait, maybe it's not Lil Nas, but I know Weird Al came out in an episode of Teen Titans Go. I think he voiced Darkseid, and I think they also had Weird Al like does a lot of like collaboration <clears throat> stuff with other <clears throat> companies and people. But you know, so I'm guessing he's still popular enough with the kids. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's he. He just needs to. Every few years, he just puts out a song, and the kid, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at that!" Like white nerdy when he did nothing for a long time, and just there it was, and it blew up. Like you know, he's kind of that level now. Wait, what was the song? White and nerdy instead of writing dirty. Oh, writing dirty. Oh, bright and yeah. nerdy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like that was he was really dormant for a while, and they just released that one song, and just it completely blew up. So. <laughs> That's how long it takes for him to come up with an idea, I guess, but. I guess so. You know, putting food on the table but, for well, a he, while. You know but... he gets permission from every artist that he spoofs? He actually writes them and won't release the song if they say no. Damn. Disrespectable. He's quite an upstanding guy. Yeah. But anyway, so that's Pokemon music. Um, of course, games. Like, Pokemon's about games. And uh, the biggie that they confirmed after they announced the anniversary was that uh, new Pokemon Snap another kind of here we go again uh will be out on april 30th and it oh, came with snap. a new trailer and some details and uh yes oh snap did you guys see the trailer what do you think of it it looked like a modern day pokemon snap yep pretty much yeah i mean like literally my biggest takeaway was yep it's living up to that new name because you know in nintendo ease new basically means the exact same thing but more modern presentation like if you look at you know new super mario bros like we talked about last episode, that's just a reset on the DS for the entire Mario franchise, and they rebuilt it from there. So Snap, yeah, exact same concept. I mean, uh, does that mean you're gonna get it, Kevin? Did you, did you did it catch your eye, Angel? Are you going to buy it? Like, what? Where? You, how you guys feel after seeing it? Uh, definitely not my cup of tea, so I won't be picking it up. I'm guessing the same for you, Angel. I mean, I loved the first one. Like, it was another one that my brother and I played a ton of, but. 
I don't know. I, I'm just tired. I'm still tired. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I... I don't know. It, it looks fun. It just looks like one of those games that... Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing it one day. But it, I think that's kind of as far as it goes. Like, it, you know, it, it's one of those things where I can't look at it in a bubble. Like, you know, Monster Hunter's on the horizon. I'm playing these other games. Like, a lot of game announcements, like, now kind of come down to... Is this... Does this look awesome enough or hype enough to pull me away from these other things? And I kind of want to say no right now. But if these other things didn't exist, it's like, yeah, I would get it. But, yeah. That's I, fair. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, because it is, as we were saying, it looks like you know, it is like just for short, I'm going to have much time and all that, you know, the usual. But. Yes, yes. But it, it is the exact same concept with the exact same premise as what the N64 one was. Like, from I mean, what it looks like in the trailer and what Nintendo's released, it's just a slowed-down rail shooter where instead of shooting enemies, you're snapping Pokemon as they go about their day. You <laughs> snapping know. Pokemon, literally. Um, I, watched, yeah, yeah. I watched a decent amount of the trailer. I didn't finish the whole thing, actually. So, unless, like, I missed, like, a... Because time is short and you're tired and a minute and 33 seconds yeah, is too so, long. like, unless, like, in the game, like, I find <laughs> out there's, like, a flock of Chatot that appears somewhere, then, you know, that will probably push... Not in the trailer, but, I mean, but there is, I'm very happy to report, Badoof. Thrilled that Badoof is in uh, it. So happy. That's definitely not giving it any favors, but I'm happy for you. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I ask. Uh, but yeah, no, the the game, like Angel, from what the trailer is showing, from what the press release is saying, like it's the same deal. You know, you get their attention with fruit. You try and capture them doing things as they go about their day. You want to get a photo of each to build out your poker decks, which here is a photo decks. Uh, but instead of being a young researcher helping Professor Oak by riding in his uh, zero one pod vehicle thingy, you're a young researcher. Is Universal helping Studios Professor... ride? I mean, uh, yeah, essentially. But you're you're now helping Professor that could Mirror totally be a because cool ride, photography. Like, a natural thing, just like make that pod and give people like a a camera that's attached to the console that you could like move around kind of like a railgun shooter if you're taking pictures and then at the end you know instead of like the picture of you and your family it's like you could just like type in the id of the car like you do in um the bus like your ride just so you could find yourself mm, and you could look yeah, through all the pictures yeah. you took although you know because you're not in them it's not as exciting like oh yeah <laughs> that's the pikachu in the ride or that's that but, yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, it looks like hey, they, check out this Pikachu photo that everyone gets. <laughs> yeah, it's like they would have to do something else to make it more unique, I guess. Or maybe there's like some secret yeah. stuff. Like, oh, did you get this picture? Like, oh man, the rare something. <laughs> I got this picture. I mean, of, I'm like, that's a basically you're coin. basically describing the premise of the game straight up, like because everyone's based like the game's on rails. You're all taking the same pictures, but it, it's like, can you do something unique with it? And then that's what you're rated on in the game. So if they could figure out a way, like even in this one, they added additional things you could be rated on. You know, like, yeah, um, like in the first one, if you bait the Pikachu to go to the surfboard and it starts writing it, as opposed to just leaving the Pikachu alone and just taking a picture of it, yeah. just like that, or throwing the gas ball at it or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also doing like in this one, they're going to be focused like in addition to all the stuff like, you know, the special action and whatnot, also like the placement in the frame, the direction of the photo, whether there are other Pokemon in the photo, what the photo, what's going on in the background of the photo, like these are all new layers to it. So if they could figure out a way to get that sort of granularity with a ride, like they're doing a new Pokemon Snap, like that maybe could make that something more interesting. But if it's all just like, if it's like N64 level of rating, um, I don't know how exciting that's going to be for people versus if it's, something where you actually need like angle and try and take cool foes or even then i'm not sure but it's an interesting idea but then the question becomes angel would you be riding the zero one pod vehicle thingy that professor oak gives you 
in the 64 snap? Or would you be riding the Neo one because it's new Pokemon uh, that Professor Mirror is giving you because photography, so his name's Mirror, in uh, Pokemon in new Pokemon Snap? Which one would the ride do? I mean, it would have to be the new one just because that's just how most marketing works nowadays. True, true. The new one hovers, I think. I think it has a little jet thingies yeah. i mean that goes give more i mean the old one did too i mean there's literally a level that's in space and you're like floating through caverns oh true uh, yeah because of mew and everything yeah or no mew's in the cave he's not in space is he in space I don't mew's in space but there's a cavern one. area where you're like yeah, taking okay. pictures of the coughing and jigglypuffs and jinxes right and yes whatnot. i remember that yeah and this is gonna have the same variety of environments apparently um but like honestly, I I know like for years saying oh it's kind of been there done that I mean it's a here we go again time is of the essence you're tired etc. But like I mean for me this is basically all I wanted the game modernizes itself but it's the same gameplay like the selection of Pokemon's obviously now broader um, oh yeah much broader there's male there's male and female I mean, Pokemon so Gen one I think it was Gen two was that when the first one came out so. no it, this came out before Pokemon Stadium so this was definitely Gen one this was a stopgap for Pokemon Stadium. yeah literally. Only 150 Pokemon versus 800 plus. That's pretty nuts. Not even. It was 63 Pokemon in the original. No, no, I mean like uh, that they could have picked. Oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. choose from. Yeah. But yeah, and then on top of that, like I was starting to say, you also have male and female Pokemon. They're now indexed separately in your photo decks, it looks like. So they're, for completionists, there's even that extra challenge. And I'm curious if there's going to be visual cues of who's male and female like in the games, like little like flourishes, if those will make the jump into Snap. Um, but yeah, the most interesting thing that Nintendo's been talking about is uh, it's going to have online play in some capacity. They're not saying like what or how, but on the GamesNintendo.com page, on the Games official website, there is a reference to online play. I would imagine it's for sharing photos online in some capacity, which could make it fun if they do like a weekly or monthly challenge and you have to like do a certain type of photo and you know they use all those extra ratings like direction and framing and other Pokemon in the background to sort of like make you hit certain goals and you get in-game rewards or my Nintendo coins or something like that would be cool. At the minimum, I expect it's going to be a to emphasize photo sharing onto social media the same way part time UFO does and Cookie Model Cookstar does, where they have a little you know right in the game itself is the menu to go directly to sharing versus the system menu. Um, so that's all kind of cool, and that's pretty much all I was asking for at Pokemon Go. But if I had to find a nitpick, and you knew there was going to be a buck coming with all this, I'm sure. But if I had to find one nitpick. You didn't even finish the trailer, Angel, and, and Kevin, I don't even know if you saw it begin with, but I feel like the environments kind of under-deliver. I mean, compared to the N64, this is a step up, and the Pokemon themselves look nice and have good lighting and good animation, but like right at the start, they show a nest with a uh, Toucanon, or whatever its name is, in it, and the nest is just like this flat, low-res leaf texture pattern thing and then later they show grass and maybe i've been spoiled by breath of the wild or even pokemon sword and shield with its limited patches of grass but just like it's just flat grass textures like big grass textures like pikmin on gamecube grass textures with pokemon just sitting on top of them completely flat and i i don't know it's just like like the pokemon do look good and like what i liked about the original snap even in like its low-res 3d polygons is you know, seeing the Pokemon come to life and act like real creatures was cool, and that is here and better. And I'm sure when I'm actually playing it, I'm not going to notice the ground textures because I'll be busy photographing the Pokemon. But just in the trailer, it just stuck out. I was just like, oh, uh, okay. I guess uh, I guess the focus isn't on the environment whatsoever, but I don't know. I mean, did even how far did you even get in the trailer, Angel? Did it even catch your eye at all that the textures were kind of just bleh? I just made it halfway through. I'm actually watching it now. Oh, okay. Well, you'll see why I mean about the grass in a minute. 
and 33 seconds. But uh, yeah, I'm still getting the trailer. I'm like, wow, I didn't even finish a minute and 33 second trailer. I know it's really (laughs) weird. Oh wow, yeah. But uh, (laughs) I just felt the two cannon part. Yeah, like that's pretty. Real live reaction. I mean, yeah, it's not horrible, but like we know the Switch can do better. Breath of the Wild does better. Pokemon Shield does better. Like I was saying, like we know it's possible. The Pokemon look great. Definitely look. Yeah, some parts look a lot nicer. The water looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. And like the lighting's really good. Yeah, like the Doof Nest also looks um a little underdeveloped. Really Ooh. janky. Yeah. And really only the best for Bidoof, so they need to fix that. I mean the Heracross fighting a pincer is a really nice touch. I mean, just like kinda of playing off of that rivalry, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and there's gonna be like it like it's gonna be fan service galore for fo- for folks who like 'cause what Pokemon Snap I think did well the first time is it kind of merged some of the anime with some of the video game world. And I think um, this is going to do that in spades. And there's going to be a lot of like little winks and nods and oh, wow. nuts, like, subtle, you know things. What? Hey, you didn't see it? No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't. Okay, that's what I thought because I was like, no, they haven't announced online what online is. You can be a man or a woman photographer though. So if there's that male or female is probably better with that. Yeah, I was going to say like they're more like um, kids than like a man or like a child, like a little girl, little boy. Also an oddity that someone notices. So the new professor, Professor Mirror, but he looks a little like a grown-up version of the kid you played as in the original Pokemon Snap, whose name was Todd Snap. So if you thought Professor Mirror was a bad name, the original guy, the original protagonist's name was literally the game's name. But uh, they look similar. Like one looks like a grown-up version. He looks like he grew up into him. But I don't know why he'd get a name change. So, I mean, it's probably not. Anyway, no, it's not. But that's Pokemon Snap. Oh man, remember um, the pun like... Remember Tracy, who you know was like a sketch artist, because Tracy. Yeah, of course I do, because he's from the Orange oh, Island series, which has the great "We All Live in a Pokemon World" song. Because I think was mining too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? What's this island Kevin? It just blew my mind. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pokemon's not strong on the uh, naming thing. I mean, are, are you really shocked, Angel, that a guy named Sketchit sketches and a guy named Catchem catches him? No. Oh no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be amazing if we just blew. I mean, that's pretty much what um like the Ace Attorney franchise does. Like almost like everybody's name is, is somewhat related to like the pun yeah. or something. There's a few that don't, right, but right. for the most part, yeah. I mean, even just Phoenix Wright for that matter, but. Oh, I didn't even think of that one. Huh. Look at that. Really? Look at that. Yeah, I never thought about <laughs> no, it. Because my... they put a W, so I never gave it yeah, any thought. Everyone's getting blown all around us. Yep, everybody, everybody's getting blown anyway. all around us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so new Pokemon. Let's, let's, let's reel it back. So new Pokemon Snap. Yay, innocence, happiness, children. Yep, okay, not what you just said. Um, But yeah, that's going to be likely the first big game for 25th anniversary celebration, but certainly isn't going to be the last. Uh, Detective Pikachu for Switch kind of went AWOL, but I got to imagine the port with that new original ending or whatever is still coming at some point. And, uh, you know, this year seems like as good as any to release multiple spinoffs. I mean, Pokemon Unite's coming out this year too, I think. But there is also a growing... Yeah, and apparently, new new thing about Pokemon Unite, you can dress your Pokemon in clothes. Why? I don't know. I guess for armor, but you can do it. But there's also um, another thing that came out at the same time as uh, you can dress your Pokemon in clothes is there are growing rumors uh, that the big Pokemon release this year might be Pokemon Diamond and Pearl getting a remake later in the year. Um, it could be revealed as early as ne- next month. This comes from a leaker who uh, I guess predicted some Nintendo Directs in 2020, 
but more so than that, because that's not worth it in of itself. Yeah, that's uh, the kind of rumor that's that like a pointless rumor to well, make. Because anyone can make that every here, single year and eventually be right. Because I mean, oh yeah, but here, here's the reason the I'm mentioning it. That being here's said, the reason I'm mentioning it, though. Well, I was gonna say that being said, Re- I, 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 yeah, go ahead. I mean, I I really wanted to get Sword and Shield at some point. This didn't happen. I thought I would wait till you know the third version, which you know we got the DLC. Still didn't happen. I don't think it's just gonna happen at this point. I did keep up with what's going on in the game, so I still like I've seen the new Pokemon, but I don't know. I I, I think um I just need a I guess I've needed a longer break, you know, just tired and all that. But sorry, are, are you gonna jump in with Diamond? And well, Pearl? I mean, if they do make a Diamond and Pearl, I mean that is at least my personal like favorite generation, just because that's the one that I feel opened mm. my eyes to what Pokemon can really be for me. So. We'll see. I, I mean, it's also a little more chats debuted, which, you know, definitely is part of the reason uh, I, yes. I really loved it. I mean, it it makes sense because it follows the pattern. Like, so, you know, the anyone... Game Boy Advance had Red and Green's remakes. The DS had Gold and Silver's remakes. The 3DS had Ruby and Sapphire's remakes. So, of course, 4th Gen, Diamond and Pearl should be on the 4th System in a row switch. So, yeah. like, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, I, at the very least, I know for a fact I'm going to buy it. Like, no matter what, whether I'll get fully invested like I did in the Pokemon games of yore, that's to be determined, but yeah, I, I I would definitely at least like play through the campaign and just like you know, right. And and the the leaker who apparently knows things says this is going to be a more serious remake and not a let's go style revamp. So that's going to be more up your alley as well, I suspect. But the the it, only reason I'm even mentioning it, it is that seems like a what? dumb thing to throw in. What that's going to be more of a regular remake and not like let's go. Yeah. Well, he's only saying it because let's go already happened. They already did. A let's go so now the question becomes well, what type of remake is oh. it? who's it catering to which audience hmm. so that's why but the only reason i'm yes. even mentioning it as i was starting to say is because there's question, proof this no might actually has. be happening <laughs> there's actual proof this might be happening so if you type in any generation of old pokemon game into pokemon's website so if you go black and white.pokemon.com nothing comes back there's no page there it's nothing if you go diamond and pearl dot pokemon dot com, you are taking to a four hundred three forbidden error, meaning something's there that they don't want you to see, and they've blocked your access to it. So something's going on with Diamond and Pearl. They're setting up a web page for it. Whether it's a game, whether it's just some sort of like one of the things they said they're doing for the anniversary is they're going to revisit every region. So whether it's some weird throwback thing, who knows? But realistically, it's looking like you know the pattern of releases, the domain being there. It's probably happening, and it could be happening as soon as next month. So, we shall see. Um, what I would be surprised happens is if they announce it in a direct, like a, a Nintendo direct. Maybe they still do a Pokemon direct. But what, like, what struck out to me, uh, or stuck out, not struck out, what stuck out to me these last few weeks with all the news we just discussed this episode is nothing was in a direct whatsoever like instead nintendo did a drip feed of a story a day for like a week they teased us with a bowser's fury trailer like it would be a direct like the day before like hey tune in at 6 a.m but you know it was a two minute trailer and i think in a way this sort of confirms a suspicion that i think a lot of folks have had and we've maybe sort of thought before which is that as long as the pandemic's going on directs are not going to exist like nintendo's fine with partner showcases they're fine with indie presentations they'll promote third-party events like the monster hunter digital event you know that we were talking about earlier because hey if a deadline is missed for a release none of those are nintendo's fault but if you look at how like nintendo's rolling out these announcements even in their you know most recent direct which was the mario 35 direct back in september they're only doing what they know is a guaranteed release 
like the furthest out first party project that Nintendo's announced since basically the start of the pandemic is Mario 3D World. And that's a port that they've reportedly been sitting on for years. So like they seem to basically be taking an approach that when it's first party, it's better to not say a peep about it one way or another until it's really truly done. And you know that in a way it's been kind of more fun having a drip feed of Nintendo news. Like it's nice that like, you know, it's not just a day of Nintendo news, it's like something almost daily. It's like an advent calendar yeah, of Nintendo it's news. Fun. Um <laughs> But I on some level really don't fault them for not wanting right. to like bundle it up anymore. I mean one of the few things they actually went ahead and planned in advance, the opening of Super Nintendo World on February fourth, they just scrapped that. Uh it ended up being delayed indefinitely last week because coronavirus is on the rise in Japan again. Osaka is one of the hot areas. Um so now the park's done. The advertising's being, being uh, already being run. The preview visits have come and gone. The press already went. Yet it's in this weird stasis indefinitely because COVID. And I think that is an example of why Nintendo is not doing more like traditional presentations. Um, plus, like as we discussed with the partner showcases, I think if Nintendo tried to bundle just the news they can share, like the name has baggage. The direct name has a lot of baggage. Like. There are expectations. I mean, if Nintendo did a presentation of Bowser's Fury, the new Switch, Mario 35's update, the January Animal Crossing, like, check-in video they tweeted out last week, new Pokemon Snap, and the Monster Hunter stuff, that's a good amount of content, honestly. But because Directs usually have a big reveal or a stinger or one more thing, fans would just label that whole thing as a disappointment. And then if they delay some of those things that they announced, yeah, that's that's not a good look. So I kind of get what they're doing. It makes sense. And to use my favorite segue into sales numbers, it's not like they're losing any money by changing their approach and doing this. Like, it, we had a solid episode of stuff. They had a solid amount of news, and they're selling a solid amount of games. I mean, the full financial breakdown from Nintendo sales should be out, I think, start of February is when they're doing their holiday sales and everything. So we'll talk about it then. But regionally, we're getting a sense of, like, a monster year they're having. I mean, in Japan, Switch represented 87% of the entire market. In the UK, apparently Switch's 2020 sales numbers were equal to PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S combined. One system did what all those other guys did. And here in the US, uh, NPD put out their December and year-end numbers. Without diving too deep here, uh, Nintendo's, they're doing fine. It was a record December. People spent $7.7 billion on gaming, and Switch was the top-selling system in that period. It's games made up literally half of the top 20 uh, for the year. Again, record year in spending for gaming. Switch again was the top system, both in terms of money earned and units sold. It actually generated the second most dollar sales of any console in U.S. gaming history, only trailing behind the Wii in 2008. Hmm. So, like, again, like, Nintendo, you know, this drip feed's working for them, clearly. And, like, Animal Crossing had the highest dollar sales of any Nintendo release since Wii Fit Plus in 2010, which had a high MSRP. It wasn't a regularly priced game, and it, now, for the first time, you know, Nintendo's another release that's doing it 10 years later. And, like, even if you just look at the Switch lineup itself, half of the year's top sellers on Switch in the U.S. were Mario games. Seven of the top ten involved Mario in some capacity, like Smash. Eight of them were actually released prior to 2020. So again, even if Nintendo just stops releasing things, eight of the top ten games this year weren't actually from this year on Switch. So my point is, whatever Nintendo decides to do or not do, whether they give us Pokemon Diamond and Pearl next month, whether they give us a drip feed, whether we know anything about what's happening after Pokemon Snap, prior to Pokemon Snap coming out, like things are going to sell. You don't even need new games to do the sales, Animal Crossing aside. So I think from this moment forward, 
unless Nintendo evokes the direct name, it's just not a thing anymore. Not worth discussing, not worth Nintendo doing. They found their new path. It works. It's making them a lot of money. So that's it. Directs are done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and, and now it doesn't work. It's helped to fund Nintendo uh, perhaps do things people don't expect. Like I know uh, certainly one we didn't expect was the acquisition of Next Level Games, which is kind of our final topic today. Um, There's a few episodes ago. I think we were talking about Microsoft's acquisitions, like in December sometime. And we were talking about like what, who would Nintendo acquire? What would they, why would they acquire them? And I think collectively, if I remember correctly, we sort of brushed off Next Level Games because they already work so closely with Nintendo as a second party. But I, I guess Nintendo felt otherwise because right after the start of the new year, in the middle of the night, out went a press release announcing that Nintendo was outright acquiring Next Level Games for some undisclosed sum. And the reason was to quote, secure development resources and boost collaboration. So my guess is that perhaps some other yeah, companies are going to bring out Super Mario around. Spikers now. They better, but yeah, my my guess is uh, other companies were sniffing around, you know. And after knocking releases out of the park like Luigi's Mansion Three, which is the best song Luigi's Mansion, and that sort of thing, Nintendo probably didn't want to risk losing next level games. And it is a pretty good get. I mean, Mario Strikers, uh, Punch Out for Wii, Luigi's Mansion Two and Three. Uh, Metroid Prime Federation Force, which they executed the vision they were told to execute, like they did well with what they were told to do. Um, uh, so like they're like it's a good studio to have, and and it's I think Nintendo's first Canadian studio as well, which is kind of cool. But um, is there like do you guys have a favorite next level games game? I know I do. I mean, easily Punch Out. I mean, that's part of the game I would associate with them the most. I mean, Strikers and Strikers Charge are great. I know like. That's like, that would definitely be my brother's favorite game because I know he played that a ton with another friend of ours. But I don't know, Punch Out, I feel like just made me a big like fan of Punch Out. And also, just like as someone that's really into like you know animation and all that kind of stuff, like that game just like overflows animation and personality. Like, it's just so so good. But yeah, that's my pick. That, that's honestly one of the things I feel like Next Level brings to Nintendo is they have such fluid, like their animation, the like expressiveness of the characters yeah, like i mean every, if you look back at strikers in, yeah like it's it's great even just the artist yeah, well, strikers well, like it's it's great yeah and like luigi's mansion you know i think the thing i know that you found luigi's mansion three to not be as your favorite of the bunch but um well, two and three. i do remember yeah two and three but i do remember and i know i feel the same way the conversation about like how fluid it is and how the characters come to life and like that is amazing it's like, i mean it literally feels like yeah. an animated short like i mean the person they give to luigi and the quality of the work is great. It's just not the direction I felt the game did right. best in. It wasn't right, and like yeah. even Punch Out, like that 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 was such a character driven experience. And next level, really, yeah. With how yeah. I limited the game. But, I mean, K- Kevin, were there any of those games of theirs from back in the day, or even more modern that you really enjoy? Like, are, are you how you feel about Next Level? Uh, I haven't played all their stuff, and what I have played uh, just hasn't. Uh, I guess connected with me, so. But That's but fair. I can acknowledge I, that I they do... are a, a good developer from what I've seen them uh, put out. Right, right. Yeah, I think I mean Andrew, you kind of already said, it, but I'm really hoping we get a new Mario Strikers out of it because the like that's probably my favorite thing that um, uh, Next Level has done is the Strikers series because like the sports games I do gravitate towards are the ones that are more arcadey and early on like I really enjoyed the NHL hits games and Mario Strikers was basically that for soccer. 
which makes sense since I just recently learned that next level games actually developed NHL hits as well. But, uh, but you know, because it's Mario, it's a Mario game, there's the fan service of Mario spinoff and there's that weird amount of attitude, <laughs> especially on Wii, like charge, like strikers was some attitude, but when they did charge, like my God, like they had like Luigi doing like crotch thrusts and yeah, Davey yeah it was, it was, it was yeah. And I mean, it makes sense. Cause like the game is like the most violent Mario sport game. So they kind of like the game itself is fun and has this kind of like raucous energy to it, but like to have the characters in the world kind of match that and so like a more war the closest we'll get to a wild side of the mario universe was kind of fun um i'm I'm amazed nintendo let that through to be honest like but it made for a different type of mario sports game that you know it, it paralleled the aggressive gameplay it was really fun it kind of mirrored old arcade sports games i liked so i'm hoping now that next level games is under uh nintendo's roof properly like nintendo's gonna do what they did to retro studios and monolith soft i'm hoping and build off that and expand the company because like yes Obviously, Luigi's Mansion 4 is going to make the most sense for what they should make, uh, and it could be a ton of fun. And, you know, they they had rumors, or there was reports a few years ago that Next Level Games was going to do a 2D Metroid game. Uh, there's even concept art that got leaked for it out there on the internet somewhere. And there are rumors of a 2D Metroid coming out this year for the 30th anniversary of Metroid. So, like, that could pan out, and that would be cool. But I think what would be really cool is if Nintendo actually lets them do multiple projects, like they actually beef up the team, which is a precedent that they have set with every other developer they acquired. I mean, Monolith Soft, they make the Xenoblade games, but they also helped develop Breath of the Wild. Retro Studios, while they were doing the Donkey Kong Countries or whatever secret project they were up to, they also simultaneously helped with Mario Kart of all things. So if Nintendo wanted to do like a new Strikers or a new Metroid or what have you and let next level games have a hand in it, that'd be cool. If they want to let them do the whole thing, that'd be even cooler. Like build up that studio, build up that ethos they have of like the importance of character design and animation and fluidity and personality and then just like unleash that across some other games and some other studios that could be cool i, I think there's a big uh, opportunity there and i'm hoping and i'm imagining because they bought it that nintendo is going to act on that so we might see some more stuff like we just mentioned trickle into some other games yeah in terms of the you know fluidity so it's a cool acquisition it's very rare for nintendo to do that so it's a big thing that they did they also might have gotten them for a steal. I saw some report it might have been under 100 million yen, which is like 10 million dollars. No, that can't be right. What's the one million dollars? Hey, you knock out two of the zeros. Zero, yeah. Uh, no, about 100. Uh, let me see something. Yeah, just knock, knock, yeah, knock out two zeros. Yeah, that that can't be right. Maybe it's a hundred. That can't be right. They paid under ten million dollars, maybe even one million dollars for next level. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. They made that money. They made that much money off just like a couple months of Luigi's Mansion sales. There's no way that's how. Well, convert it then, Jesus. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're you're right with the conversion. I'm wrong with the initial numbers. I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, and you know, I mean, they didn't before we even started the podcast, I didn't realize um, like Kevin brought up that they had worked on a Transformers game. The I guess the War for Cybertron companion game to the wii which i didn't even know was them i mean i'm sure i would have noticed when i booted up the title screen but i actually bought that game and returned it pretty quickly not that it was a bad game just that you know i think at the time i didn't have my ps3 quite yet i was like really close to getting it oh actually no i didn't Mm -hmm. because i i did have a copy of war for cybertron but i played it pretty much almost exclusively on my friend's ps3 that i was rooming with and i thought like oh man they have one for the wii i'm gonna get that one and it was pretty much like a on-rails arcade shooter, like the ones you would see 
like a light gun game. Like the, maybe they're in your vehicle mode the whole time. Um, like it's being auto driven and just shoot the obstacles as they appear, and then they automatically transform, and then you're doing like cover base shooting or on rail shooting. Like it is on rails. Like it wasn't what I wanted with like you know transform and fly wherever you want. Like yeah, not that it was a bad game, but you know. I mean, it's on the Wii, so I probably couldn't even handle the other thing. But yeah, I didn't run all they had that quite that range. I um actually that reminds me, they also had a project that I remember was canceled. Um, it got leaked by like Unseen sixty four, one of those channels. But it was Super Mario Spikers. That's what I said a... earlier. But I think did you? Thought... I think you said Strikers. No, I said Spikers. Oh, you want so so you know what I'm talking about then the the yeah. volleyball wrestling volleyball, hybrid yeah. thing, yeah. And honestly, volleyball games don't sound like they'd be that fun, but there was Beach Spikers from Sega on the GameCube that was actually really fun. It's like, so, like, I kind of want to do that. And it, and it would carry their, you know, aggressive yeah, personality-driven I'm just kind of bummed that, gameplay. like, yeah, they're a good studio, but I think more than any other sport game, I definitely want another Mario Sluggers, and they had nothing mm. to do with that. I don't even remember who right that. That was Namco. That was Bandai Namco, who's currently preoccupied with new Pokemon Snap. So, release some game I Bidoof, but I guess you're not getting your baseball. Uh, well, maybe once all the Smash DLC and Pokemon Snap is done, I guess. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. We'll maybe. see. I, I think they just need to revive Mario Sports in general. It's a huge just like, sports mix the lineup or on whatever it was. The other one that was that was Square Enix. So as long as they don't do it with Square Enix. Uh, Which, by the way, how weird of a sentence! Square Enix made that sports game. Well, like what? I mean, who, I mean, I mean Mario Three on Three. A... I mean, that's not Mario Three on Three was great. I'm talking about the one on the 3D one on 3DS. It was just like a mix of sports, and I think there was that other one on the Wii. Oh, uh, and... that might not have been Square. Actually, I'm not sure. Who yeah, that's. Oh right. no, it was Square. Never mind. I think it was. Um, it was. They they made those as well. I think I'm gonna check. But because uh, I mean, instead of sports mix, yeah. yes, Square Enix. I was right. Really? Huh? That is. Uh, yep. Because I mean, because Mario Three on Three kind of had that, like a little the same energy that Strikers had. I would feel not quite to that level, but I thought that was like a really well made game that made basketball interesting. Because um, it was about Again, you I know think... like dribbling, dribbling to get more points, so that when you score, you pretty much cash in all those points that you get while you are playing offense and defense, but. It was a nice mm-hmm. spin on it, but I, I again think the main takeaway from this is actually if they're buying next level games, maybe they can use that to help fill the void in kind of arcadey sports like Mario sports games on Switch. Because we don't we have Mario Tennis. That's yeah. it. Where's Mario Golf? That's not even arcade I mean that's not like in the same league as what we're talking about, huh? But where that's two league puns I made today. Anyway, but where is um where is it? Like why are they like they have all these games that they can easily as I point out like what was it? Seven of the top ten games on Switch this year involved Mario in some capacity. Half of them had Mario in the name. Like, come on, Nintendo! Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna do the Mario milking, like, give us Strikers, give us baseball, give the us Mario Spikers, give us yeah. If you're gonna milk that poor Mario, um, but yeah, so that that's my really I think my takeaway for this episode is Mario or is Nintendo keep milking Mario, please and thank you. Which I never thought I'd say, but here we are. Um, unless there's any other topics you guys want to bring up, then that literally does it for the episode. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Wow. All right. I mean, we still had a nice then full guess... episode even without a game we played, if there was a lot of news. I know, because Nintendo actually, the drip feed of news works. Like, who needs a direct? We still have enough stuff. 
Um, so with that in mind, we'll be back in two weeks' time with a new round of Nintendo on January 31st with whatever other news Nintendo decides to slowly drip out. Um, plus, hopefully, maybe we're playing something by then. I don't know. But but even before that, you can tune in on the 24th, which is next Sunday, because uh, we're going to have a new Quarantine Chronicles. We're going to talk about the other media we've been consuming opposed to the games we're maybe not playing. So, uh, yeah, to make sure you don't miss any of that, you can subscribe to us on every podcast. Oh, I got to take a call. on Google. Uh, listen, okay, listen, bye, listen Kevin. to the Persona 5 soundtrack. On Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you can find it. <laughs> that was the most rushed. Like, I think that's his send off. I'll, I'll finish plugs and then Angel. I guess you can't find word, but yeah, we'll have. Um, you can find us on Apple Music. Sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pandora. Like Kevin said, the the Persona Five soundtrack is on some of those same services too. So double whammy. And uh, we're also on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. Uh, follow us there to make sure you don't miss anything we're up to or any possible giveaways in the future. Uh, individually, we're on Twitter at JSR7. For me, Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O for Angel, KVN Gomi for Kevin. Our YouTube, if you want to um, listen to these shows on there, is RamNintendo.com. And that's it. Angel, take us out since we lost Kevin to a, the phone call. Uh... I don't have anything. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Or already past... Oh, this is terrible. Bye.